spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. So, are these your notes? These, <laughs> these are your notes about what we're going to say. What does I it say? It would be a good. <laughs> I didn't even get to idea. Okay. Maybe I can just ask you the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's going well. It's going really well. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's me, Jamie, and this is the Right and Wrong podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ludo Cinelli of the Eve White Literary Agency. Hi, Ludo. Welcome to the show. Jamie, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Let's talk about the agency itself. And uh, how did you originally get into publishing? Where did it start for you? So, uh, like a lot of English graduates, I think I <laughs> um, I, I came out of uh, of uni wanting to be a novelist. Uh, I'd written uh, written a few bits and bobs. I did some comedy sketches. I did uh-huh. a play at the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, cool. um, and so I was really interested in in creating. Um, and yeah, I guess the the passion for reading. Uh, and uh, I tried a few short stories, and, and that all came together. And I thought, okay, I must, I must go and study this. So I applied to do a creative writing masters in a few different places, and I ended up going to Royal Holloway. Okay. And while I was there, I really, I didn't learn how to write particularly well. <laughs> um, okay. I think I. I, I I probably went about it the wrong way, and um, but what I did find out find out was that I mean that the writing is incredibly difficult, and that re- it requires a lot of patience, um, mm-hmm. patience that maybe I didn't actually have. Uh, yeah. But also, uh, I've, I really enjoyed uh, workshopping my my peers' work. So you know, every week we would come in, and one of us would share what what we'd written, uh, and everyone would have read it beforehand, and uh, we would all offer feedback guided by our, our lecturers, and. Um, I, I really did enjoy that process and I enjoyed coming coming back and seeing uh, that week after week and seeing, seeing people's work improve. Uh, and so I thought, okay, is there anything, it, it, can I do this in some kind of professional capacity? Um, and so I tried a couple of different things. I, I started, well, no, I didn't start it, but I, I joined a, uh, a literary journal very early on, um, which was uh, very harebrained business-wise, um, but I think as a as a student, it was it was something good to get involved in. Uh, and I kind of uh, I learned how to how to read submissions there and to to really figure out what was what was worth publishing and what wasn't, or at least how to figure out what what my opinion on that was. Okay. And yeah, um, yeah that didn't run for long because we just kind of ran out of money. Uh, but um, <laughs> I I also knew someone who worked in the publishing industry uh, who worked uh, in in publicity somewhere, and um, you know I was I was kind of fascinating fascinated by by what she was doing, and right. um, so so I I looked into it and um, I started writing round to. A few different companies, um, publishers, but also um, literary journals, and um, so I did a few 
few kind of short placements. I was lucky enough to be able to live in London while doing that. Uh, and so I kind of had to, there were, there were times where I had to drop everything and go and do a, a work, two weeks with work experience, um, with, uh, with literary journal or with, with a publisher. And, um, so I did that with a few, a few places. And then, uh, there was, I, I, I met an agent called Caroline Sheldon, who I think you've interviewed for this I podcast. Have, yes. And Felicity. Um, yeah, Felicity, yes, and they uh, the one summer they they very much took me under their wing, uh, and uh, so I went there and um, I I did some admin for them, um, just doing all sorts of bits and bobs to do with the day to day running of the agency, yeah. and um, then Felicity had actually previously worked with uh, my boss Eve. Oh, okay. uh, and uh, yeah, it's a small industry. <laughs> and so she she heard that there was this job going as uh, as eve's assistant um and uh, because her previous assistant was leaving to become an author so uh, i i thought why not i i applied and uh, interviewed and got the job uh, and so i joined as eve's assistant that was in 2017 and then in uh, sometime in 2018 i took on my first client uh, yeah, I've been taking on clients ever since. Um, a, earlier this year, I was made managing director of the agency, um, which was uh, a really lovely vote of confidence. And yeah, um, I, yeah, I'm involved in in all aspects of of running the business, basically from you know managing my own list of clients to um, you know talking about strategic directions and and what. Uh, where, where where we should focus our attentions business wise and uh yeah the so the 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 day to day but also the the kind of macro stuff yeah well that's awesome and that's i think felicity even said herself when i asked her what advice would you give to people looking to get into you know becoming an agent or just working in the industry and she said just fully involve yourself you know look at every different avenue that you could take and just like do everything that you can and it sounds like that's sort of the route that you you took you just threw yourself at every opportunity you could find yes although i'll say i think i i don't think i went about it the smartest way possible um, oh. because i found myself <laughs> applying you know i i guess for to the outside view of the publishing the, the kind of public facing jobs in publishing are quite limited uh, and so you think of the editor as uh, as you know the flashiest job the coolest job and that's yeah. that's the one that everyone wants to do um i remember i was working at a, an independent publisher um for a few weeks and they were recruiting for uh, an editorial job and a marketing job and they were both at the same level i think they were at executive level uh so you know uh, not entry level uh, probably one or two steps up from that yeah and um they had 200 applications for the editorial job and 20 for the marketing job uh so i think i would have had more success quicker because for me it took probably from from start to getting a job it was about nine months um okay for it since yeah from 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 actually starting uh to look uh and i think i could have done it a lot quicker if i'd if i hadn't been so picky with what i was applying to um so that definitely fits in with with the throw yourself advice uh it's just i i guess i didn't yeah. know it at the time <laughs> yeah um you know if uh if, if you're interested in working in publishing you might uh and you might not think that a job in production suits you but uh you know that job in production might help you get a job in in editorial further down the line if that's what you want to do yeah, definitely. And you, you really landed on your feet with uh, Caroline and Felicity. They are two of the best people. Terrific. Yeah. You mentioned <laughs> that you 
had once had aspirations of mm. writing uh, a novel or, or whatever it may be, is that gone now? Has it has it died? I think yes, it kind of has. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is. I kind of go in waves. Sometimes I sometimes I do still write, and I go in periods in which I'm I'm quite disciplined, and I just do it. Um, yeah. I try and do it every day, not not for a while, but uh, I think last year I got into into quite a good rhythm of it for a f- for a few months. Um, but okay. I I've, I found myself doing that with with no ambitions uh, and just really writing for for myself and for the sake of my own mental health. Um, and um, I I think having taking that pressure off myself, I think back back in the day, the the reason I one of the reasons I struggled with with writing because was was that I I was insistent on the fact that it had to be good (laughs) Uh, and of course you know that is not not conducive if you think like a critic it's not conducive to to creating anything no definitely um and um so i don't know i think it's something you know if i if i feel dedicated enough to come back to it in the future i will but um Mm. it's it's not something i'm actively pursuing at the moment sure never say never though no indeed indeed and you know i might i might feel differently uh, a few years down the line who knows exactly yeah that's great no it's it's nice that you still do it and and i think i think it's so healthy to just write without any pressure without the sort of thinking this needs to be at this standard for like to fit in this box so that it can be submitted to this thing or whatever i think absolutely and talking about the agency uh it's you and eve the agents uh mm-hmm. you have recently taken on an assistant Yes. And you have three readers, is that right? That's correct, yeah. Um, now, as yeah. someone who's been in and out of the sub-querying roller coaster, uh, it seems like a silly question as I'm asking it, but it's in the name. But what exactly is the role of a reader at Eve White? That's a very good question. So, <laughs> is it okay? Well, it sounded like no, a silly no. one to me. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. It's it's no. It's very very important thing, and um, uh, I know a lot of a lot of agents don't work like this. Um, yeah, I think we're we're quite different in this respect. I think I I've, I remember speaking to one agent who was horrified at the thought that someone else should read their submissions before them, hmm. um, because you know you yeah ultimately uh, only you are going to know whether uh you you can take something on um so the the three readers uh one for nonfiction, one for fiction one for children's books uh, okay. they um they're people we've been working for with for a long time now um and and we really trust them to um, you know to to make decisions on our behalf effectively yeah you'd have so to, right? we do absolutely yeah. um you know i mean we get over ten thousand submissions a year yeah. um and if we were to read all of those ourselves, or we really don't know how we would have time to look after our current clients. Um, and so this is the sort of the least bad system we could come up with. <laughs> uh, it's, I think it's going to be definitely imperfect. Yeah. Um, and so, so effectively what happens is they, they read the submissions, the, the readers read the submissions in yeah. their inbox each of their inboxes and they read the submissions that have come in that that same day um because we we really need to be on top of that the way i think we can compete with other agencies is by being nimble and being able to to move quickly and being the first agent to to get to exciting work sure um yeah. 
so so effectively what they do is they read um they read the submission package uh and then they they probably spend a couple of hours doing that each um it tends to be a little bit more for fiction uh and a little bit less for non-fiction just because you know you you don't necessarily have to read uh a chapter for non-fiction you know it's it's because it's sold on a yeah, proposal it's a different, um it's yeah. a different exactly um so they they read and then of um of the ones that they pick the the ones that that, that they think we might be interested in um and we so we brief them on what we're looking for um they're getting they always get better at um at kind of identifying our tastes because you know we will we'll give them feedback on on why one particular one they might have sent over isn't isn't quite right for us uh, okay. and uh, they they also they send we we're, we're very proud to get back to everyone who writes to us uh within a week and so they're they're also tasked with um either unfortunately sending the bad news yeah. um that we won't be taking something forward um or you know otherwise we'll get in touch directly with an author if we if we want to read on and request the full manuscript yeah but i can tell you as you know as someone who has received many rejections it's nice if it if if within a week i get a message back saying this isn't right for us or whatever it may be as a it's much nicer than the just kind of echoing void of silence which does sometimes happen <laughs> yeah we like to think so i think we 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 really i i guess we we feel a great respect for people who write to us um yeah. and who you know there are so many best selling clients we've found in our in our inbox uh, that uh, you know we wouldn't have found if if we felt as if uh, their work wasn't worth reading. And so, since it's worth reading, I th I, I think uh, I very strongly believe that that we owe people a response if we can give one. Yeah, that's great. So, does that mean all submissions go through the readers before you or Eve will ever see them? Uh, yes, the vast majority. You know, occasionally we'll get something, say, from a uh, from a literary consultancy who we have a direct connection with. You know, sure. saying yeah, we've been yeah, working yeah. with someone, or um, you know, I might go to um, a reading by um, a kind of an arts charity, like Spread the Word or something, um, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. might have. Um, yeah, there, 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 there could be someone exciting there whose manuscript I'd request directly, or you know, we might read a, a journal like The Stinging Fly and try and get in touch with one of those writers. Yeah, um, but okay. yes, in terms of in terms of the open submissions, they all go through the readers. Um, and of course, there is a downside to that. And you know, I th I do think we occasionally we miss stuff that um, that that goes on to do very well. But um, I think it's kind of an occupational hazard and a, a kind of sacrifice we have to. Uh, we have to give in order to uh, both look for new talent and look after our current clients. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it obviously frees up a lot of time in you and Eve's day for you to work on, as you say, your current clients, as opposed to having to read a lot of submissions, which which potentially could go nowhere. I assume yeah. there's not necessarily a steady flow coming from your three readers where they're just like you know, here's five every week for you guys to look through. I, I assume some weeks it's hardly any other weeks. It's like quite a lot. Yeah, it's funny, actually. Uh, you know, th th it seems to come in waves. Uh, and I don't know if mm. that times that, that that's kind of um, that aligns with with some something to do with the calendar year. Um, <laughs> but um, or, or I mean, I guess the 
yeah, I, I think the the quality of fiction, for example, I felt really, on the whole, really dropped um, during the pandemic. Um, and I think only now we're starting to see um, some really interesting stuff coming through again. Uh, and I guess that's, you know, I think it's really, really, really hard to write when you can't go out <laughs> and uh, sure. actually meet people and, um, you know, feed feed your subconscious in some way or when, you know, it might not even be the, the, the lack of going out, but just the, the general stress of, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Of, of the pandemic having, yeah, uh, create kind of put, putting, putting pressure on you. Um, yeah. and, and so for example, yeah, in the, in the past, let's say in 2020, we, we really didn't take much fiction on, for example, but, um, yeah, thankfully now it looks, looks as if we're, we're definitely getting a lot more from our, from our fiction reader and there's, there's more exciting stuff coming through. Oh, brilliant. I mean, I would also guess that in the pandemic, I know a lot of people decided to write a book who had not <laughs> previously <laughs> written or they were just kind of trying it out. Um, <laughs> whereas I imagine now and, and sort of prior to that, a, uh, there's a, a higher percentage of the submissions will be people who have been working on things for many years or, or kind of honing the craft or that kind of thing. That's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought of it that way. Ha. <laughs> uh, I think I probably stole that off someone else, but it <laughs> doesn't matter. So No, claim it. <laughs> so once a submission is uh, given the green light by your readers, it's mm -hmm. passed up to uh you yes your submission package is uh, it, it's pretty standard it's a synopsis a covered letter and uh first three chapters mm -hmm. what order do you go through that package and where do you put the most weight pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for a dollar 49 perfect with our classic fries price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer ba -da -ba -ba -ba. that's a very good question i tend to start with whatever the reader has said um, the cover letter uh well no so first first what the reader said in an email by passing oh the read sorry yeah yeah i've not um, yeah <laughs> so, yeah that's an extra step yeah um, and go. so you know I, I i do really trust trust their judgment and um you know they they usually highlight what they liked about it most um, okay and then yeah i'll usually have a look at a quick look at the cover letter um just just because i'm interested usually uh, in uh, in what they've put together, but uh, I'll never I'll never not open the uh, the attachment. <laughs> um, I think uh, you know if it's good enough to have gotten through through our readers, then then it's definitely yeah. worth me having a quick look. Then I'll have a look at um, at, at the chapters usually because I don't want it immediately spoiled. Um, okay. And um, usually I'll look at the synopsis if um, I, I guess I guess I tend to look at the synopsis when when i'm not sure where the extract is going um if right. i if i enjoy the writing i tend to just stick on with the three chapters uh and just read to the end of it and otherwise you know sometimes you know i like the writing but i i think okay but where is this where is this plot going uh, yeah. and so then I'll, I'll i'll scroll down and have a look at the synopsis i th i see the synopsis as a really kind of um just a technical document really that that proves to me that um a writer has a a good understanding of what their plot is and um where where they want to 
kind of point uh, our attentions to. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but but in terms of importance, I think, yeah, I mean, the, the chapters really are are crucial for me. I think if I if I don't get on with someone's writing, I do have I, I really struggle to to connect with it. Um, it's got to be the most important bit, like the for writing me, yeah. itself, right? Absolutely, and and I think it varies slightly by genre. So you know, with um, with with more commercial fiction, with um, say uh, a a great rom com or or something, the uh, you know the the what we call the hook, um, yeah. which is kind of the the let's say the the USP, the selling point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that um, that then that's really really crucial. You know, if you can pitch the book in a sentence, um, that's usually a very good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, you know, I think it's got to be backed up by by clever, engaging, entertaining writing because um, because otherwise, what's what's going to keep you turning the pages? I think you've got to enjoy spending time with uh, with work there. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That pitch would be in the cover letter, presumably. Mm. What, well, what tips would you give for like how to pitch a book, and and sort of what pet peeves do you have? And sometimes when you read a cover letter and you're like, that's just an awkward way of pitching the book. Hmm, interesting. So, I think, uh, well, I guess my biggest pet peeve is the kind of the hard sell. Um, which it isn't necessarily just a, a, a thing to, to have in the cover letter, but more of a, more of an attitude that you can feel from from that. Um, so you know, thankfully, I don't see a lot of too many of these because uh, you, your readers usually, filter them out <laughs> exactly. Um, and you know, if if someone is claiming to be uh, you know the next Nobel laureate, they're, they're probably <laughs> um, unfortunately they're probably not <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I I, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess Kazuo Shiguro didn't didn't think <laughs> oh, I'm going to win the Nobel this year. Maybe he did. We'll uh, never know. Maybe, yeah, we'll never know. Well, you can, you can interview him for, for the <laughs> podcast one day. Um, but um, so so I think that's the that's the main thing. I I suppose the yeah I think what what I really love in a cover letter is is when you can feel. Um, when you can feel the sense of a, a sense of purpose um, that aligns both in in the novel and say the author's biography, and uh, you know when I can feel that that this is the novel that only this this writer could have written, uh, and that they're the best person to write it. We're talking about fiction here, but it's it's true of anything really. Yeah, uh, and I guess um, I guess more true of nonfiction in some ways because oh, yeah, trying to yeah, justify. I mean, you know why you should write this art, this book about a certain thing from a certain place. Absolutely, yeah. yeah there, there's a certain there's there's an authenticity that's that's really crucial there, and yeah, um, and often a, a platform that's required as well with nonfiction. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but um, I I mean I, uh, I actually you know if if you were to talk about it in a more businessy way, I suppose I suppose brand is kind of an important thing. Um, if uh, if, if you can, if you can see an author's brand, uh, which is a horribly impersonal way of looking at it, yeah. Uh, for an, from a covering letter, if you can see, okay, this is this is uh, kind of where where this book will sit, uh, and this is what it's yeah. aiming to do, and and everything has been laser focused towards doing that thing. Um, I think that that's when I see a really really effective covering letter, and and I think that's true across all. Uh, all genres and across all formats yeah so do you do you like it when you read a cover letter and they've said um this would sit on the shelf alongside x and y 
I, I think that can be a really useful thing. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, if only just to understand the, even, even just the influences that a writer sure. has had. Um, and um, I, I think that it, it's also a signpost that, um, that, that a writer is, is serious about what they're doing and, and has thought critically about um, what they're working on and, and how it fits into a, a community and a context. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. All, all good advice as well. Uh, good for people listening. And my final question on submissions is, uh, when the readers pass you and Eve the submissions, presumably they, you know, they, they pick the ones that are more catered to you and then send mm-hmm. the ones to Eve that are more catered to her. Do you two, um, sort of run, have a look over, uh, the submissions before offering representation? So we, we actually, um, we have, uh, we have a system where uh, me and, uh, Stephen, our assistant, um, we receive, uh, we re- both receive the submissions. Eve doesn't get anything directly into her inbox. Oh, okay. uh, and then we usually have a, uh, yeah, we have a meeting, uh, probably two, three times a week in which we talk about, uh, the submissions we've received and, um, we, yeah, we, we talk through them basically. And, and we kind of, Stephen and I end up pitching them to Eve in a way. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we won't even get that far. Stephen and I will have a read and think, oh, um, we, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't go for this for whatever reason. Um, yeah. or yeah. So either that, or, you know, we m- must absolutely drop everything we're doing and, and talk to Eve about this. So okay. we all, we all talk about all submissions, right. um, it's regardless of whether decision absolutely um and it's just really useful to do because uh you know even if uh there might be some that uh some someone that eve um is going to take on and um i happen not to have time to read the full manuscript i can only read a few chapters uh i can still get an idea of what she's working on um, yeah and you know i might read it further down the line when it's when it's edited for example and uh and the inverse is true too so yeah, we we usually uh, we we're, we're, we're very all very involved, um, and, yeah. and I mean I guess it's it's kind of out of necessity because um, if I if I go on holiday for two weeks uh, and Eve is looking after my clients, she needs to know who's who. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and if Eve goes away, same same story for me. So so I think we we're we're forced to to work that closely with each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, that leads quite nicely onto my next question, which is what is the the style with which you work with your clients uh, it's a broad question but i <laughs> I, I guess it's um it, it's very different client by client okay um, so what we what we try and make clear when we first meet uh, an author is that um we want to uh we want to or a do the best job for them that we possibly can um and b that we will be available to provide the level of care um that they need as a, a, as agents and so we you know some clients we don't hear from for months um though we're perfectly happy that they're they're under contract and they're away writing the second book on a two book deal yeah. and um we we just don't hear from them for ages you know we'll, we'll check in say once every few months and say hey how's it going and <laughs> still uh, they'll say yeah exactly <laughs> um uh, and they'll say oh we're doing yeah doing fine um other authors you know need need more care and you know when okay. they're liaising with their publisher about an incoming publication you know we might hear from them several times a day yeah. um and um so uh, and obviously even within that 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 varies so 
you know, when a, when an author is working on an upcoming publication, let's say publication is a couple of months away, um, then well, we might hear from them a few times a week. And then two months after the book comes, comes out, we might not hear from them for, you know, for, for a few weeks. So, okay. uh, it's totally different. What, what we try and do is, I mean, we have this, um, we, we effectively we we have clear inboxes at the end of the day um, right. we try not to leave anything um unanswered uh you know and uh, and so hopefully our clients know that that uh even if we haven't been able to to get whatever job they need us to do done straight away they'll they'll still know that we're it's on our to-do list and that we'll we'll get to it as soon as possible um okay so we we try and have as close a level of care as as that each client needs yeah so there's a lot of variables and the variables are uh sort of to do with the client as well as like the stage the client is at but, but yeah you guys will do as much as is needed for that for for said client absolutely yeah if it wasn't uh if it wasn't sort of locked down and and no one really knowing whether they can go in or out are you and eve this the sort would you like to sort of meet up um quite regularly with your clients or or are you more, is it like, we'll just check in every now and again with a phone call? Uh, again, it depends. It depends uh, okay. on the client. Yeah. Um, you know, so, some, some writers really like to come and see us. Um, okay. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I guess there's always, there's always got to be a purpose. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it usually won't be uh, a, a just, just a social call. Sure. Um, but, you know, we're, we're talking about, well, what, what they do next after when they're out of contract or we're taking them in to meet um to meet their marketing and publicity team and um or or we're meeting a prospective client okay. uh, so yeah we we do we do like we we love seeing people um and uh yeah we 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 really love all the people we work with so when when we do get a chance to catch up in person it's really lovely um but yeah we tend to 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 keep that for for when it's when it's necessary yeah yeah that makes sense but w would you ever meet with a client just to discuss sort of edits on 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 something that you you're looking to shop out to editors and publishers? Yeah, if it works logistically, yeah. um, you know, they'll, they'll, there's no difference between jumping on a on a call. Um, yeah, or, I mean, know, if yeah, they if they live in London, then they can they can just pop in. Yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, absolutely, we do we do do that. Amazing, and end of the year, heading into. 2022 are you on the hunt for anything specific to add to your list next year oh, good question i um <laughs> i i'm sort of of the belief that i i don't really know what i want until i have it in front of me okay yeah. um i think and, that's also um, the human condition yeah <laughs> exactly um so you know it's uh i have to say the 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 books uh that um that I've sold, uh, it's, it's never quite been, you know, the, exactly what I'm looking for landing on my desk. Um, and, uh, and me taking it out and doing a great job with it. It's always been something, uh, kind of unexpected. Um, you know, okay. I can think of, of one client, um, James Norbury, who wrote a wonderful and illustrated a wonderful book called big panda and tiny dragon. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, a terrific, uh, gifty picture book for adults um with full of uh of wisdom and and aphorisms uh based on buddhist philosophy 
and okay. uh, it's just a wonderfully zen book uh, yeah. and um i i didn't really know that's what i was looking for until it <laughs> until it it came uh, it, it landed in my inbox and i saw these wonderful illustrations and i thought i i have to work on this um because it's so heartfelt and beautiful um and um and that's now now doing very well it's in the bestseller charts and um penguin uh, published it and um, amazing they yeah uh everyone's very happy with with how it's all going so i uh, i think you know in terms of what what my bread and butter is um i uh i i really love working on literary fiction uh and i'm uh generally quite quite focused on developing that side of the list but um yeah. i'm I'm not picky either. You know, I, uh, I, I sold a memoir this year that's going to be published next year, um, which is very exciting. Uh, and that's a really, really beautiful account of going from being an advertising executive to uh, being uh, a charcoal burner out in the woods. Uh, and that's called Burn by Ben Short. And that's out <laughs> in April, um, which, uh, you know, again, it's, it's not, uh, not not particularly something i was i was hugely looking for before it came in but um the the story really took me um and and the writing was just wonderful so i think um the what what i yeah i would just love to get more 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 stories from people who have something to say who who have sure. um, yeah. yeah who have a strong purpose for for what they're for what they're working on and did th those books that you mentioned did they all they were all submissions that went through your readers and then got to you. Uh, so, uh, um, no, both are actually slightly unconventional. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, so, cause your readers, you might not know what you want, but your readers seem to know what you want, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so actually the, uh, big panda and tiny dragon that, um, that writer wrote and illustrator wrote to us via uh, our contact form, um, which is not okay. something I would recommend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, he got away with it um, because uh, his his book was just that good. Um, but there's there's very few people on our list who would who would get away with that. I think, okay. and um, he just because yeah, uh, we he he got lucky. We fell in love with it straight away, and we got lucky because he wrote to us, um, and. Um, uh, on, I think actually, now that you mention it, um, the, yeah, the, the memoir, um, burn that, that did come through the nonfiction inbox. Um, and back then I was looking after the nonfiction inbox. We had a, uh, a children's okay. reader and a fiction reader. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was open submissions and he, uh, I think he, he had been recommended to submit by a, by a current client who who he knows um but uh, but still you know it's not as if he wrote to us uh as kind of special treatment um right. and yeah. um yeah another two writers who's uh well more a debut who's coming out next year neve Pryor. uh she wrote to us via via the fiction inbox and that came in and uh yeah that came in but the very standard way as did uh my wonderful client james nor sorry james clark um who uh writes literary fiction with serpent's tale um he, he came through the open submissions he was he was my first client oh okay that's that that's great and that brings us on to our final question which is ludo if you were stranded on a desert island with one book which book would it be oh it's a tricky one i think 
I would take maybe for nostalgia reasons, um, but also because it's uh, of a level of complexity that would mean I'd have plenty of time to dig into it properly. Um, <laughs> Gravity's Rainbow by Thomas Pynchon. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That is a level of complexity. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the sort of thing that back back when I was a student, I had so much time for, and and yeah. I loved getting through these absolute tomes. Uh, and uh, as I age ungracefully, I, um, <laughs> I I kind of long for those days uh, when I had the the time and the attention span to really kind of dig into that that kind of book. Uh, and uh, I don't know, maybe when I retire, I'll I'll pick up war and peace or something <laughs> <laughs> war and peace uh gravity's rainbow that's a serious thinker that's a ponder the universe kind of book um <laughs> it's a great choice though because on the desert island you will have plenty of time to sit there and figure out all the intricacies uh of its text and that brings us to the end of the interview thank you so much ludo for coming on and chatting with me and sharing your experiences and, and uh, telling us all about what's going on at eve white well, thanks very much jamie it's been an absolute pleasure to keep up with Eve White and everything they're doing, you can follow them on Twitter at Eve White Agency, on Instagram at Eve White Literary Agency, and uh, you can, of course, head over to their website, evewhite.co.uk. Uh, and if you do want to submit, make sure you read all of the submission guidelines and follow them, uh, or else you, you might not get past the readers. Um, make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK or on Instagram. Instagram at right and wrong podcast or just go on the website rightandwrong.co.uk big thank you again to ludo for coming on and chatting and uh, thanks to everybody listening we'll catch you on the next one everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.